the dude and we everything around us is getting all packed up it is right? just waiting for someone to throw us in a box get packed up because you might see movers behind us well sunday <laughs> you and i we got to get up at the ass crack of dawn to yeah, mother's no day kidding, thank man. you schedulers mother's <laughs> day to fly down to uh to arkansas for the future supply chain it's gonna be a good time it's gonna be great i cannot wait to do it. i can't wait to get back to other people but you know what this is the first time i'm uh going uh on the road with what the truck band with the truck band and the yeah. back of the truck up band too, all awesome. the teams gonna be there. Yeah, baby. you and I are roommates, so our hotel room is gonna be the spot to be. It's gonna be the joint party the central, West man. Party central number one. <laughs> it's gonna be good. To, you know, last time we had an event was like November 2019. That Freightways had one, so this yeah. is a long time coming. I'm excited. We got two what the trucks coming from there. Yeah. Uh, I also got um, a Shipper Choice Award with Melissa Foreman over at Triumph Pay. We're giving that award away, right too. Right on, man. I'll be watching you. That one's actually, that one's at 1035, but then that What the Truck is at 11, so. Oh, so I won't be watching you. Well, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. No, watch it with me, then you can sprint with me. You can you can clear a pathway as we run over we'll to. We'll dive uh, onto the stage. To the stage. I'm excited. It's going to be a good time. It. It's going it to be is. fun. Um, this it. is What the Truck. You can find us three days a week at noon east on Freightwaves TV. And on demand on YouTube and podcast players everywhere. You can find our whole back catalog over at backthetruckup.com today. Man. Today's episode, we got a lot going on. We're going to talk about the state of small trucking carriers. You know, and we've been covering the story forever. Spot rates mm-hmm. cratering, inflation starting to crush consumer spending. I don't know about you. Did you look at your portfolio today? Not only have we got 10% Pew. inflation, <sighs> my portfolio is down 15%. Yeah. So if you're expecting me to buy a lot of S this year, you're expecting the wrong person to be doing it. Yeah, you're counting on the wrong dude here. I'm not spending money. We also <laughs> gas, gas, $6 a mile, $6 a mile, and oh. reserves running low in the Northeast. We'll talk all about that. But here's a little fact for you, right? Average truck gets six miles to a gallon. So if diesel costs six bucks, it's now costing a truck just a dollar, a dollar to move your goods before any other cost is factored in. We carry the one. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Smart, huh? <laughs> I mean, what do you think about it, though? It really puts yeah, it into no, perspective. It really does, man. <laughs> uh, Smart House, Guillermo Garcia, they just did a big report on the state of small trucking carriers. We'll hear, oh, yeah, we'll yeah. hear from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we got Tom Zisa, partner over at Port X Logistics. He's going to talk about drayage with us and uh, how that's become an integral part of the supply chain. He'll tell us about how tech is helping to get through some of those challenges, mm-hmm. which uh, we need help with. We got Andrea Unk, he's vice president at Veristar Alliance. He's going to talk about automation, helping uh, remote brokers, and Dominic oh, yeah. Leo, vice president of growth over at Alvis. He tells us how their TMS is designed to help small carriers. So very big, small carrier focus on today's episode. Plus, that was diesel, diesel inventories in crisis, cocaine found at an espresso factory. What? And plenty of idiots and four-wheelers. Oh, yeah. Well, there's a lot of those people. We got them on tape, huh? We do have Monte. I hear uh, congratulations are in order. Yeah, congratulations to my son. He had his, uh, he was over at kindergarten today yeah. with uh, doing his little tour. He starts yeah. next year, so he was really excited. Awesome. To so be he there. was cool with it. The whole he thing. Did. Was... He, the first question he asked the uh, the teacher there was if he could FaceTime his family from the li- the computer library. Oh, sweet. Yeah. All right. There you go. <laughs> All right. Let's tip the my band. First let's tip the band to get the action here. Uh, net zero emissions by twenty thirty five. That's the headline from AIT Worldwide Logistics. 
sustainability report, but just one aspect of their overall commitment to corporate social responsibility. Whether it's protecting the planet, nurturing the communities where we live and work, or ensuring high-quality business continuity, AIT is taking action today to deliver a better tomorrow. Learn more at Tell em, Dude. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com immediately after the show. Headlines! All right, let's see what the hell's going on in the world today. Not good news to start with. Pad 1 diesel levels are running on fumes, right? That's Rooster here, ports on backthetruckup.com. Northeast 9 is officially over $6 per gallon. Look at some of these prices here. We got uh, we got some from you directly from Gas Buddy. Oh, wow. Yeah, take a look at that. Look at Northeast 9, all above $6. Increase of $0.35 cents to $0.95 cents a gallon in the top 25 highest fuel prices by state just this week. In addition to that, we have new low inventory alerts going across Pad 1. Um, price gouging also could be a concern, Michael Vincent. Let's take a look at this message that came through on one driver's Qualcomm. This is from Peer Trucker in New York, New Jersey, and it says, attention to all drivers. Wow. We're hearing from loves that fuel inventories in the Northeast are going to be low, especially wow. next week. Fill up and prepare accordingly. Could get bad out there, Michael Vincent. And now let's take another thing. This is the uh, this is the antithesis of my portfolio. Let's take a look at this picture right here. This is diesel <laughs> prices, green everywhere. Not all green, all green. Green in every freaking market. And that's not something we like to see unless you're at one of these oil companies making record earnings right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Green is not good on this one if you're a trucker. This That means bad. Everything's up in the highest. Look, San Francisco, man, is the highest, lowest is, what is it? It's all bad. I don't know. It's, it's all bad. bad. Milwaukee, Wisconsin is the lowest. But the Colonial Pipeline made that household name with the cyber attack nearly a year ago, if you remember that one, right? Sure. With the thing, and so it's one of the primary pipelines running along the Houston, Texas, through the southeast, up into New York. And you remember that stuff and the price when gouging it, when it shut down, going yeah, out the back then gouging. when it shut down, all that stuff. It looks like we made possible limits on purchase rationing, right? So purchase rationing. Or rationing rationing right? purchases? Yes, rationing. <laughs> yeah, that too. That must that, bring you back that, to that, when you were a kid in the 70s during like the energy crisis. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, re- I, I absolutely remember. Remember that trying to get uh, right? trying to get some gas for your your motorcycle was not easy to do, but uh, hopefully we learned some hiccups from the southwest. Yeah, right? and long story and short, I mean the the what's going on here is <clears> that <throat> as long as these inventories remain low, as long as we're sending this fuel over to Europe, yeah. right? As long as we can't build this up, this cost is going to continue to go up of diesel. And if the government doesn't do anything, and they're not really doing anything right now, if they don't do anything, you're going to bear the brunt on it, especially if you are a small carrier. So just be very mindful. It's going to be a tough operating environment out there. If it wasn't tough enough already, this is just another plate that's spinning and uh, someone's going to come crashing down. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess refiners can change what they're refining and stuff like that. But then if you change that, then jet fuel goes up or gas goes up or something. I, I, well, that's not a good Everything uses not a good diesel, situation. Michael Vincent. Yeah, I know it. I know it. I know. Terrible accident. This one was in the news cycle about a month ago or two months ago. That Mountain Vernon Canyon accident. Yeah. The guy, remember when he got 100 years in, in jail? Yeah. Well, road planners are, are doing something about it. Rooster reports three years after that terrible incident that claimed four lives and injured 10 others, the Colorado Department of Transportation has plans to build a second runway ramp in Mountain Vernon Canyon west of Denver. Engineers, they've been studying a location for the lamp for the for the ramp right now they're looking at the left side where that truck that was driven crashed yeah that was uh who is that rogel uh, aguilera maderos did i say hopefully i said that right but he's a guy he got 100 years and then it was sentenced uh, brought back down to 10 it years was. plus time served by uh the governor there jared uh, polis so well the ramp it's going to be beside the existing one the problem in this accident though was that the driver it was there the driver didn't use it because of the confusion and just the panic yeah of driving. Panic. yeah yeah so second option, the first one didn't work. Maybe, I don't know, maybe this one will help 
better. I don't know. I'm all for. Well, he was. Uh, yeah, I don't understand. I mean, he was in the left. Was there one on the left already? Or something? I don't know. Well, anyways, hopefully this helps in the future. Truck drivers, awesome. I know that sometimes you're worried about a driver, a driverless car, driverless truck taking yeah. your job. Yeah. Well, it's not you should be worried. It's the ice cream man. Robomart to deliver oh, Ben and Jerry's man. ice cream on demand. You hear about this? We're cutting out the ice cream man now. I don't yeah, like Yeah, look it. out. Robots are bringing like their it. own soft surf. Brian Strait reports Robomart is an on-demand retail store that sends a vehicle filled with items directly to the, to the consumer, they announced a partnership with Unilever to deliver the company's famous ice cream brands, including Ben & Jerry's and Breyers. Robomart vehicles will deliver ice cream products uh, through a virtual ice cream shop. The delivered products will uh, have Good Humor, Magnum Ice Cream, and Talatini, too. Yes, and the ice cream shop offers home delivery through Uber Eats, Postmates, DoorDash, and Grubhub as well. The companies did not specify in what regions the Robomart deliveries will be available, noting only that they will launch this summer. I don't Interesting. Like it. Well, they got a like small it. fleet right now. Snacks yeah. and pharmacy robotics Robomarts flying around West Hollywood as we speak. Oh, is but, that right? uh, They think this can go big time. They think it's going to go global. They're really excited about it. I don't okay, know. man. You want some robot know. ice cream? I, I don't. I like the ice cream, man. I like the. Dee-dee, why is it just ice cream? Like they said, pharmacy. Like why isn't it gross? Why isn't all of it everything? Yeah, I, why not? I guess because you need a shopper to get the groceries at the grocery store. Is that I, is I, that what it is? I don't know. I don't know the logistics. Maybe we'll talk to him someday and figure this thing out. But David Lee Roth is not happy about it. Well, call me Von Miller because I'm headed to (laughs) Buffalo. Let's talk to Tom, our partner over at Port X Logistics. Find out how excited he is about the Bills offseason because I don't think he has the Sabres to care about right now. Just saying. Hey, Tom, how's it going? Listen, I'm excited about the Sabres. They they finished the season strong. I'm I'm even going for seasons next year. That's how excited I am about them. Wow. You mentioned the Bills. Uh I'm telling you, Von Miller, undefeated. They're going to break their record, and they're going to go undefeated to the Super Bowl and win it all. All I was the way. expecting him Check to wear, out. like, the Von Miller glasses just in appreciation. <laughs> just some big, chunky frames to just show his love for uh, what's coming to Buffalo. He's putting all his chips on next season, man. There well, it is. we I hope the it. Bills take over the headlines and become the main storyline. But anybody who follows Freight knows that last year was Drage. Biggest moment, biggest challenge, right? And that hasn't changed with the new year. There's still a ton of challenges going on over at the ports. But let's talk about Drage going big time and being a core component. Where does Port X fit into all that? Um, it, it's it's perfect for what we specialize in, and that's expediting containerized cargo throughout the U.S. and Canada. So with what's been going on the past years, or two years, I should say, um, has fit into our business model uh, very, very well because people need our help. The supply chain needs our help. Uh, the pandemic, uh, you know, created some some problems. Uh, it highlighted existing issues in the supply chain, and drage and transloading cannot be thought of as an or be taken as an afterthought anymore, right? Yeah, yeah, it can. So, Tom, and that's an interesting point because I, I wanted to ask you. So, has it always been that bad in Dredge, or was it, or did it just get ex, uh, you know become this way because of, I mean, is this something we just never looked at before? And they're like, hey, us too. Come on, we got to figure this out. Well, it, it certainly had its issues. You know, it had yeah. its issues when there would be strikes. It had its issues when steamship lines would go out of business or go bankrupt. Uh, but this obviously was much, much bigger, and has been much, much bigger, and. Um, yeah, now people can't rely on sending a work order uh, the day upon arrival. Uh, they can't get away with that anymore. And uh, you got to plan ahead. And, uh, you know, that's what we help our customers do is plan as far ahead as possible and provide everybody or all parties of the supply chain with, with access and, and visibility. That's, that's much, much needed nowadays. 
Now, so we have really opened up this platform to the drainage community, especially as all mm. of these challenges have arisen. We've had plenty of port truckers, yeah. plenty of port associations, plenty of operators like yourselves on the show. One of the complaints we always hear is about communication, visibility, yeah. appointments, not knowing where chassis are, all of these kind of things. What kind of tech is being developed that can help people trying to operate in this space right now, especially insofar as Port X is, is concerned? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. Uh, tech is, um, you know, is, is it now and, and the future. And people now, uh, especially with the pandemic and what's happened, have to rely on that tech more than, more than ever. Um, and it will continue to grow. We rely on a, a number of pieces of tech. At the heart of it is our TMS platform. Uh, we started with, with Turbo at our inception uh, four and a half years ago. It wasn't built for, for multimodal um, transportation or drayage. Uh, but we've worked with them in enhancing and developing the platform uh, to where it is today and where it continues to grow. And, and that's providing all parties of the supply chain with uh, complete access to the shipments on a single pane of glass, too. Um, you know, the parties are no longer segmented uh, into their own uh, silos or, or software. We bring all parties of the supply chain together uh, easily. Um, and from anywhere on any smart device. And we also have uh, OpenTrack. OpenTrack recently integrated with Servo, and that's providing that uh, vessel and container tracking all the way from sailing overseas to the final delivery and empty termination. Um, and we also use Cargo Snap uh, for transload photos. Uh, we provide photos uh, of all our cargo that we handle, of all the transloads. Uh, and again, access is quick and easy. It's unbelievable. It is great, but Tom, go through some of the, the pitfalls that happen and why this is so important to, to shippers and people who are like getting into international and that type of stuff, right? The thing, I mean, you basically got a driver who's going to start in China and come all the way to Buffalo, but at any given time, he could drop off his load and pick up somebody else's if he wants to. And once he gets into the United States, you've got to deal with three or four different people that want to take it off that ship and put it onto a train or onto a truck. Can you talk about those a little bit? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's difficult. And again, you know, I mentioned that planning and how key and important the planning is. And, and you guys talked about the communication. Um, and, you know, that's, that's it right there. It's, it's about that planning, um, executing, of course, and, and communication. And when you're able to see exactly when that containers or vessel is going to arrive, when you're able to instantly or see when that uh, container becomes um, on or goes on customs hold or line hold, um, you know, it drives those workflows to clear those holds, to prepare, you know, the drayage driver to pull that container from port of the rail ramp, to prepare that warehouse to, you know, uh, palletize that, that floor loaded cargo, to prepare those team drivers to pick up from the warehouse. And again, you cannot rely on, you know, sending those work orders a day prior. It's all about that, that planning uh, and, and preparing and, and communication. And that will make it a much, much easier for all parties uh, because, you know, we saw on, in, on the West Coast all of last year how difficult and, and costly it was to, to get drivers out of California, um, how costly those accessorials are, um, which are going to be litigated now uh, with the steamship lines and whatnot. Mm. The amount of money uh, that you can save with that, that the planning, the, the visibility, the communication makes a huge, huge difference. Yeah, you know, it's been a struggle for the shippers, and you mentioned those fees and them, and a lot of them getting told to just pound sand. I see all the posts from everybody, and I get sent all the reports, and I've seen all of the frustrations. Yeah. But there's there's another side of it, too, and it's the carrier, and it's the small driver side. We had a guest on 
about a week ago, and he was talking about the issues in Houston and how this is causing his drivers, who would usually make two turns a day, to only be able to make one turn or less a day, which is drastically cutting into their impact, slashing it by their income, slashing it 33% to 50%, depending on this, which in an industry with such poor retention, this is never good when we're giving drivers all of these reasons that their time doesn't matter. How can tech help there? How can it help in retention and keeping drivers making money? You know, that geofencing, uh, those 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 uh, time in and out at uh, port terminal, at the rail ramp, at the destination, you know, having that backup uh, for the drivers to pass along um, to whoever's responsible for that waiting time to ensure that they get paid. Because you're right, those drage drivers making those local runs are not, you know, making five, six runs like they traditionally did. They're lucky if they get one container out because they're waiting at the port for five hours. And to have that tech that shows everybody exactly when the driver arrived and when he departed port, um, you know, makes it so that you're not emailing back and forth like I need this or that or you're not going to get your money. Everybody is on the same page and everybody, you know, is is compensated, I should say. Yeah, because that that's a big thing is that is that did they pay this? Did they pay that? Did they have this proper filings done and that type of stuff? I remember back yeah. in the day waiting, knowing that I had containers sitting in the port, but I had no idea whether Customs was going to release that stuff or not. Well, how many drivers so, say, too, that like right. they, yeah. they were there, but there's so much they have to jump through to prove that they were there <laughs> that, like, you just go on to the next load. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you're back at the warehouse trying to plan uh, your, 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 your dock man hours, et cetera, like, right. right? So there's all those efficiencies as yeah. well, right, Tom? So many parties. That's right. Yeah, it affects all the parties in, involved, you know, like getting that driver back, getting that cargo back for those over the road drivers that are probably waiting uh, for that cargo to be loaded into their trailer, you know. So everybody is just stuck waiting um, for those drivers who have been stuck for, for a while uh, for the past uh, couple of years. And, uh, you know, right now it's, it's slowed down a bit, eased congestion on the West Coast, uh, but there are quite a bit of vessels in Shanghai that are going to be headed our way soon. So everybody should definitely buckle up. <laughs> Tom, is the, uh, you and the Port X team heading over to Northwest Arkansas next week? No, I, no, I'm headed to Atlanta next week. I don't uh, think any of us are going to Arkansas. I could uh, be wrong, but I'm, I'm looking to your, forward to your event in November because it was uh-huh. canceled last year, but I, I'm hoping to see you guys this year. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of people looking forward to F3. Yeah, well, we'll see you in yeah. we'll see you in November, and we'll see you in spirit in Arkansas. In the meantime, people like what they heard today. They want to learn more about PortX. Where do I send them? Uh, PortXLogistics.com, and uh, go to LinkedIn. You'll find us on LinkedIn. Uh, we're spreading the industry news um, with the help of uh, Sonar as well. So thank you guys. Appreciate it. Well, if you guys change your mind, you want to surprise us. We'll see. We'll see. In our, we'll see in our. <laughs> okay. We'll see. We'll see him, hey, we'll see him in November. Appreciate we'll talk it. about yeah, how the Bills we'll are undefeated. We'll, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they'll <laughs> be right in the. Uh, they'll be right in their playoff push. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Should be. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Take it. Easy. Peace. And it's before he'll be heartbroken, unless they start out like if they're like four and eight at that point, he might be. Either like, way, he'll probably be at the bar celebrating they have about or eight wins. Something. That hope takes over when you're a fan <laughs> of a loser team. That hope just takes over and it drives you forward. I, hey, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. We go two <laughs> and zero at the beginning of the season, and we're Super Bowl. Bro. I like when they had Fitzpatrick. <laughs> that was my favorite Bills team. Oh yeah, they had Fitzy, right. and they had uh, what, didn't they get the um, not the tuna? Who did they get over there? Rex Ryan. They had Rex Ryan running around for a little while too. That's they right. took him from the Jets. All right, let's talk to Dominic Leo. He's the vice president of growth over at Alvis. And today we're focusing on small trucker, small carriers. They have a yeah, TMS man. solution you're going to want to hear about. Dom, thanks for coming on the show. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. A big fan of your guys' show. And uh, I'm a Lions fan, so definitely understand <laughs> the pains of Cleveland fans and uh, bleeding heart for you guys. 
<laughs> well, you, so my dad ruined my dad ruined me. I he um he's from New York. My my mom is from Boston. And the first football game I got taken to was a Jets game. So I lived in Boston most of my life Ooh. with the Patriots during their run. But for some reason I was cursed with this uh this Jets fandom. So Ooh, I, I can J-E-T-S, empathize with Jets, being a part Jets, of it. Jets. Now. The Jets are usually performing as poorly as the spot market is right now, so a lot of small carriers and truckers are in trouble, right? And especially if they're just in Excel, they're not using a TMS yet, or they're using one they don't understand. They need some solutions, so let's talk about that. What's your TMS all about, and how does it focus on that small driver? Well, yeah, so uh, Albus is a TMS that is designed really for workflows and workflow efficiency. Uh, Whether you're a small company, I think everybody, the thing that they need most nowadays is time. Uh, and if we're talking about drivers specifically, and I kind of like to jump into understand, you know, how t- RTMS helps each one of our users, and that includes the drivers. Um, and for our drivers, uh, you kind of have to understand what they want. And what they want is, according to our product manager, who drove for eight years, is they want to be left alone and they want to sleep, um, which is something that I understand personally. I think sleep is very important. And one of the cool things about having a modern age TMS is, we can integrate the telematics with the mobile app so that dispatchers don't actually have to call the driver. They have everything that they could ever need. Um, and one of our carriers, Skyline Transportation, they said that their dispatchers were actually calling their drivers 10 to 15 times every single day. Mm. Uh, you know, I don't know about you guys, but if somebody calls me more than three times a day, I start to get a little bit chippy. I think 10 to 15, that'd be a little bit rough. Um, so now their dispatchers are calling the drivers maybe one time a day and everybody seems a lot happier. Yeah, that sounds that sounds a little better. But on the dispatch side, they want that communication, right? So how about those guys? Well, yeah, I mean, they want the communication, but again, they kind of have it. It's it's all at their fingertips. So right. all the documentation is associated with the load. Uh, the driver is able to upload that in the mobile app. Um, and at the end of the day, the dispatchers, they still just want more time to find good freight. Uh, you know, you mentioned the spot market. It is, it is what it is. And finding good freight is more important now than ever. Um, and there is just a lot of time lost in being a dispatcher. Uh, there's a lot of manual effort that goes into balancing trips, driver schedules, uh, asset maintenance. Um, and, you know, we, we found that one of our customers was actually managing this on this super elaborate spreadsheet uh, with all these different color combinations and columns and, you know, <laughs> probably have five to ten. No way. Not a chance. Come <laughs> on, man. <laughs> I mean, you, know, you can be a tech company and still appreciate a good spreadsheet, right? At least they were Magnadex cards. That's what we used in the day. Magnadex cards on all moving around. Yeah, 30, 20 sticky notes, you know, the back of your chair. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And, you know, we looked at this thing and we thought this is a really cool spreadsheet. What if it was just in our system and it populated itself? Uh, How much time would that save people? And it it turns out that it saves them a lot of time. Uh, One of our customers is on the record saying that our system helps their dispatchers save 30 minutes on every single load. Uh, there are over 100 trucks now. When they came to us, they had 70. Uh, they've just got more time. They can find good freight as a result of it, and they're growing. Well, yeah, you know, and if you are a fan of trucking memes, you would know that dispatchers are often dunked on by the trucking community. They don't like to be, they don't like to hear from three times or <laughs> no, four times or no, five times a don't. day. It's the last thing they want to do. They want to no. keep moving. Feel what it. about the billing team? In freight, a lot of times the quote, the initial quote you get and what actually ends up costing is completely different by the end of a shipment. What are billing teams looking for in a TMS? Uh, well, you know, they want the amount to be correct, and they want to know which loads are be ready to be inbound without having to go through a bunch of reconciliations to see where e-checks were applied, 
uh, what they're still waiting on from factoring. Maybe the amount that comes back from factoring doesn't exactly match up uh, to what was on the initial quote. Um, and with the way that we have our system set up, you know, you don't actually see the load if you're on the billing department until it's ready for you. Um, and it has all the necessary documentation built into it because the documentation is built within the load itself. So you're not having to comb through your inbox or through crumpled up paperwork or, you know, reference those 30 sticky notes behind your desk again. Uh, it's just kind of there in front of you. Um, and in one click, you know, you can generate an invoice, send it. Uh, and we have designed it so that the workflow around invoices, you know, if you're billing a customer direct, the paper trail, it flows differently. If you're working with a factoring company and you're sending things into FTP folders, it flows differently. And we kind of have all that laid out in the system so that it makes sense. Yeah, so, uh, Dominic, there's a lot of TMSs out there, right? And I, I could call every one of them here and tell me they're the best. Why is Alvis uh, the one? What makes you guys different? Well, so I, I actually have had the chance to work for a few different TMSs now, and it really is just the way that it's designed for the user. Uh, it's a true end-to-end -end workflow management system from sourcing through payment, and it's set up a way that I haven't really seen. It's just easy to use, and it makes sense. Uh, so, so our founder was operating a hybrid brokerage and asset-based company that clears over $100 million every single year. And he built this system because he just couldn't find anything that allowed him to move as fast as he needed to move. Um, and beyond that, you know, you don't have to kind of sell your soul and set up fees and get roped into three, 10, 20-year deals in order to try it. Uh, we're really confident what we have, and we do have free trial offerings. So if you'd like to check us out, you know, you have the ability to do that. Well, Dom, if people do want to check you out, where do we send them to? Well, Arkansas, uh, Booth K-17, that's a good start. Um, other than that, you know, www.alvys.com, it's A-L-V-Y-S.com. You can always shoot me a private message, too. So you guys, are, are, are you personally going to be out there in Arkansas, too? What's the team looking forward to? What do we have to look forward to when we stop by the booth? Well, you know, I take things one day at a time, Dooner. And uh, from what I understand is there's Top Golf on May 8th. So that's where I'll be first. Uh, if you want to come by the booth, we've got some swag for you. And uh, I'll be walking around with an iPad. And it'll be really hard for me not to talk you into a demo. Uh, so you have that to look forward to. And I think just good times, good people. Uh, you know, there's so many good people in this industry. And, and it's really just great to be in person and get talking to everybody again. Well, we are going to rate the swag, too. So we'll be oh, going yeah, absolutely. around and we'll declare a winner as, sure. as well. Yeah. And a biggest loser, too. Should we do a biggest loser? <laughs> oh, yeah. We oh, absolutely have to do. Okay. Yeah. Someone yeah. who just does a terrible job. We will, yeah. we will call you out. <laughs> I just need another portable charger. That's all I need, guys. Yeah, another yeah, exactly. portable charger. And some hand sanitizer. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. We appreciate it. One more time. Where do people go to learn more? Uh, www.alvis, A-L-V-Y-S, dot com. If you're in Arkansas, please stop by Booth K-17. We'll see you there. Thank you, right Dom. Thanks, thanks for uh, coming on. Thanks, guys. Take it easy. All right. Awesome stuff. Your customers, investors want to know that your company is serious about sustainability, right? Yes, they, they do. They want to know that. Show them, show them the depth of your commitment when you rely on AIT Worldwide Logistics for your freight forwarding needs. From Scope 3 carbon footprint reporting to calculating emissions at the transaction level, partnering with AIT sends a clear message to stakeholders. You mean business when it comes to sustainability. Learn more at Tellum. Hey, go to AITWorldwide.com. Now, I got a question for you. What kind of a trucking company needs to be productive, safe, and profitable to stay in business? The answer, you ask? 
Yours. Yours does. That's why the folks who built KeepTrucking.com just rebranded to Motive. Uh, Go safe. Go productive. Go profitable. GoMotive.com. That's GoMotive.com. Got it. I think I understand. You understand? History lesson, Michael (laughs) Vincent. For over 35 years, Fleetworthy Solutions has provided a single source of solutions to help monitor and manage DOT compliance while mitigating risk for private and for hire carriers. With advanced technologies and exceptional client services, Fleetworthy becomes an extension of your team to make your company go, go, beyond compliant. Compliant. <laughs> All right, let's talk to Guillermo Garcia, the co-founder and CEO over at Smart Hop, and he put together a really nice little report here. So did we'll he talk really? to him about All it. All right, yeah. let's do that. He did his homework. Guillermo, it's good to see you again, brother. Hey guys, how are you? Last time I saw you, you were raising like I don't know thirty million dollars or something. How much did you raise today? <laughs> we we're always uh, raising money to make things better. So uh, I don't know. Maybe we're racing uh, uh, again. <laughs> oh, 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 oh. oh boy, I don't know if we got the scoop here yet. I don't know. So, hey, you know, it's no secret what's been going on in the market. We've been talking about it since March when we started noticing this major spot market decline. Now we're seeing contract rates decline. We're also seeing diesel prices go over $6. It Man. is not a good situation out no. there, especially to the small carriers exposed in it. Fortunately, you did a report to sort of get the tone and timbre. And this report, I think, if I believe right, was taken even before this crisis started beginning. Tell us a little bit about why you put this report together and what it's all about. Yeah, listen, I mean, we talk with our customers uh, pretty much on a, on a weekly basis. And beyond our customers, we, we do think that we need to really understand what's what's uh, what's going on out there uh, beyond our, our walls. So we wanted to even go deeper into what are the things that, that really matter. And I think it was uh, really impressive to see a bunch of, a bunch of, uh, a, a, bunch of um, uh, a bunch of things like uh, over 40% of the people that we interview just uh, went into trucking in the last two years. So it seems like still trucking is um, a, a profession uh, and something that people look for uh, when, um, uh, when making their decisions. Uh, the, 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 the bad news here is that the market has shifted uh, in a way where people are now rethinking uh, if that's still a good decision or not. So they're considering leaving. Did anything in the, in the report really uh, surprise you along the way? Well, yes. I mean, uh, for, for, the, for the respondents, uh, one of the biggest things uh, that uh, that came up with uh, that is very refreshing to see is that people are valuing technology, are valuing solutions uh, to improve margins, to improve visibility, and to make their businesses uh, more successful, which maybe if you would have asked uh, five years ago, that would not have been the case. Um, but also it was uh, really interesting to see that uh, a lot of people over uh, 35, 40% are considering um, going out of the industry and and potentially doing something else or more stable. It seems like the beginnings of, again, uh, this this was done just a couple of uh, weeks or months ago. So it seems that that could be even 
um, deepening right now and thinking, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. well, are we going to have more people coming into the industry or less? And that could put a lot of pressure in, into trucking, into the entire supply chain. That's what struck me about this report, because I was looking at when you conducted it, and I was considering, like, man, if this was conducted even just a month later or two months later, it would be even more negative than what some mm. of this stuff is is saying. And it's, you know, considering we had, like, record high spot rates last year, you would think maybe the report would be a little bit more positive. But here were, like, the major factors that would, would send drivers to quit from your report. They were burnout from irregular hours, lack of stability from fluctuating spot market rates, burnout from high pressure and supply chain demands, difficulty balancing work and needs at home, low compensation, delayed or costly equipment repairs. I mean, these are all things drivers are facing right now. So you're talking about a position that's a bit imperiled, is it not? Yeah. And if you think about last year, right, I mean, there's a burnout uh, time. Um, I mean, the, the regular uh, order of businesses Last year, the past two years, you were you were making money, so uh, probably you were offsetting uh, that hard work and and things that you might not be in a regular basis be putting uh, up with. Uh, well, right now, um, in on average, our customers had about twenty four percent of their cost structure being fuel just before the fuel spike. Right now, it's over thirty four percent. So imagine that person that was taking. Some of that last year saying, well, the, the job is hard. There's a lot of stress, but now I'm not making, I'm making probably half of the profits that I was making last year. And to your point, they're not, pro- they didn't provision, at least generally speaking, that they didn't provision last year expecting a downturn. So probably they spend that money. That money is not in the bank. And so now they're, 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 they're going to uh, think about what, what's next for them. Yeah, so Guillermo, it, that's a really interesting point because it, it, trucking company or trucking industry as a, as a whole seems to not plan for the next cycle, right? That is that is coming, right? <laughs> but w- when I'm looking at this, and listen, and, we don't plan around here, and we don't honor contracts. Those are two <laughs> rules of freight. <laughs> yeah, get out of the business if you like those two. Those are the two <laughs> rules, freight 101. But if you look at this, right, these numbers you could uh, justify them or uh, assume that they'd be different during different times, right? Like we're saying, these okay. were two months ago. So you really have to bounce these against what the environment is, right? Don't you have to look through it through that filter and say, okay, these top, anything over 50% uh, that is a concern would make them quit. You need to be looking at that all the time, not saying, well, pay is only fifth on the list, so that's no big deal. No, that, it depends on the time, right? A hundred percent. You're completely right. And I think that is in an industry like this and in, at the pace that the rates are going, and the uh, pace that the fuel and the operating costs are increasing, this is not a month to month. This is a week to week where people are thinking, well, guess what? At the end of the week, I don't have the money uh, for me now to pay the lease that I got last year. Last year I was paying fine and I was uh, paying for that. And, and, and I was taking my family out for dinner on, on a heartbeat. Well, now that's not the case. So uh, is it better for me to think differently? Well, we think that we think that and that's why we we are here. And that's why we believe that these are uh, the best times for a company like Smart Hub to be. It's because now it's a time for us to really help managing that cash, 
really help in the relationships that they have with brokers and shippers and really help in making the right decisions, not only on booking a load. I'm a, I'm a believer that it's about profit. It's not just about top line. So mm-hmm. you better think about where you fuel, what's the right cost of fuel, uh, insurance. Do you need to be rethinking about your bottom line? And so I think it's a combination of really now it's a time for you to think about your business and be able to sustain it throughout this downturn. Well, and, and look, when you go to Love's, if you're a small trucker, it's not like you can go, okay, I want rack price on this and we'll pay you in 120 days. That's not the way it works. You're going up there and if it's 1200 bucks, you're paying 1200 bucks. 1500 bucks, you're paying 1500 bucks. And when you look at your report, it says what types of products and solutions do drivers want and they need? And it's all about cash flow. All of these are about cash flow. Help finding and booking high quality loads so you get the money. Products that enable better discounts on mm-hmm. fuel so you're not spending all that freaking money right now. Products that enable better discounts on insurance, another cost center, another death by a thousand cuts. Products that help you get paid faster so you can pay all these damn bills that are coming at you and help managing drivers' day-to-day concerns because you often feel like you're on an island out there. Right. Which ones of these do you think we can that we can address or we are addressing? We just need more awareness about. Yeah, listen, I, I think the, the, the underlying uh, issue here is that a very small trucking company don't have the, the buying power and the leverage uh, as the mega carriers, public traded companies, they can survive this. They have uh, fuel surcharge, something that our customers don't have because it's baked in on the on the rate of the spot market. The reality is here is that you need to really be able to have a fundamentally different uh, way for you to be able to run your business. So I think uh, one of the main components are fuel and insurance, definitely just because of. Um, of the cost of that operation, but also thinking about cash flow. You just mentioned it, right? I mean, we we need to be able to have money in the bank earlier. Our customers are spending in fuel days, if not weeks, before they receive the payment of the execution of that specific load. So the more that we can bring to our customers uh, the better technology, but also give them an ability to run as if they were a large mega carrier, the better that the entire industry will be out and they will be able to survive. But if they only get off the shelf um, solutions, there'll be no way for them to survive a, a downtrend market like this. Yeah. Well, are you going to Arkansas next week? Are we going to see you there? Yeah, we'll we'll be there. We'll we'll be we'll be seeing each other. I am excited. I'm excited that you're going to be there. Yeah, uh, yeah, 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 what do yeah. we have to look forward to at a Smart Hop at the event? Well, so we want to we want to be able to uh, find the right uh, partners. We want to be able to uh, not only talk with uh, potential customers uh, that we want, but we want to be able to speak on behalf of those small trucking companies to all of those partners that can bring great solutions to our customers. So we're just excited uh, to be connecting with partners and to bring great uh, solutions for our customers. All right, beware. We are going to be rating the best and worst swag at Boots at this thing. So yeah, you don't man. want like the Golden Turkey Award for like worst swag. That would be well, like, I don't know. I, the Golden maybe Hand do. Sanitizer yeah. Award or like the, the Golden <laughs> the golden Portable Charger Award, what yeah. you call it. Golden I don't know, whatever it is. Hey, people want to learn more about Smart Hop. Where do we send them to? Give me a USB. 
Uh, the easiest way is to go to our site, smarthub.com. That's the easiest way to, to get in touch with us. All right, man. Let's Thanks. get in trouble in Arkansas next week. We'll see you there. Right on. Talk to you soon. Take it easy. Just give me my USB. I'll be on my way. Yeah. Check out the report. <laughs> they, they were full, the full report on this, too. I, uh, I love it. I Rooster love it. covered it on backthetruckup.com, so you can go there, or you can go to smarthop.com as well. They have it there. Now, we're going to talk to another gentleman here, and something that is going to be going on, happens every time in a flip market, in a down market, is you mm. get a lot of angry drivers who are angry at the broker thinking about rates, right? Yes, of And course. they want yeah. transparency, because yeah. in their mind, the broker is stealing money. The broker is taking yeah, all yeah, the money, they're and they're not the giving money. them in the rates. Yeah, yeah. That's right. What we try to do is give context and give them the market, and transparency can help with that, too. So we're going to talk to Andre Unk, Vice President at Verstar Alliance. We're going to talk a little bit about how technology and automation can work together to make that whole experience a little bit better, especially for the broker. Thank you for coming back on the show. Thank you for having me. So, uh, hey, people who didn't catch you last time, just a little quick uh, intro on you. Where are you coming to us from, and what do you all do over that Verstar Alliance? Sure. Um, I'm actually out of Windsor, Ontario. Um, our headquarters are in Wayne, Michigan, but we're uh, just across the continent. Um, and we're a freight brokerage company, asset-based. So we offer an all-in-one transportation solution to our customers. That's excellent stuff. So how is the automation that you guys created? How it, how has the automation created a system? How did you create the system? Uh, uh, that works for you and not yeah, the other way around. Yeah, that works for you and not the other way around. Absolutely. So actually, you know, with the recent uh, market that you've seen from the customers, from the consumers, there's a huge demand for support around the clock and quick, fast service. No one wants to wait for their package. No one wants to wait for an update for their tracking. Everyone wants their answers and they want their updates now and here. So with the technology that we're offering at, at the moment, automation and an all-in-one platform, we're able to achieve this through our system who's able to hold all of our shipments, who's able to track all of our shipments, who's able to grab all the phone calls, load boards, rating, everything is done in one system seamlessly. Well, that's it. Wait, how did the technology shift the investments? Was I hearing that properly? And how did that shift? How does that help benefit your agents? For sure. Actually, since the pandemic, our investment strategy has changed. So we're no longer looking at purchasing you know, office space or office building. Um, our resources are shifted towards a technological advancement, automation, things that make our service a lot smoother, a lot better, and that enables at the same time our agents to gain a higher profit and invest their time in better other sales uh, features that they can offer to, their, to our customers. Yeah, freeing up their time. You know, there's this barbaric practice and archaic practice of non-competes and non-solicitation. How has technology uh, really affected that practice? Uh, and that's actually a really good question. Um, recently, I had on my desk uh, a contract and uh, a non-compete, and I looked at this document, and I saw that the employer had a radius drawn around their headquarters location, and they were actually asking the agent not to contact customer within certain regions. With technology being so advanced, there's we don't see these geolocation boundaries that we saw before. Um, we're able to contact customers across the continent. There should be no restrictions on someone's living, the way they're doing that living. And with technology being so readily available and so practical, we're stepping away. And I think everyone in the industry should slowly step away from this non-compete, non-solicit or certain radius that 
is blocking them in a certain little box and it's not allowing them to grow. Um, we think that an agent should be with your company and a customer and anyone who works with you because they enjoy the service they have with you because you're offering them an all-in-one platform of tools, not because lawyers are breathing down their neck. So, for example, in our um, agreement with our agents, we offer them a four-page relationship agreement where we just stay the relationship between us and them. It's just as simple as that. So let me ask you something. So tech sounds great. I'm a freight broker over there. I just took a job. Part of this great reshuffle. I said I like what he had to say. I want to go over Veristar. What is my day-to-day like interacting with this tech enhancing my job? Like, what, are, what are like my touch points? So um, as an agent, you would have your transportation management system. Within this uh, system, you would be able to log your emails, tracking your orders. You'd be able to post your shipments. You would get live updates directly from the actual carriers, the actual cargo parcel that you're shipping. Uh, The documents would come in automatically. They would get processed through algorithm, verified, and then the invoices and all the communication would be sent out by the system. So it's removing a lot of the redundant, revolving um, items that you'd have to do and waste time instead of actually spending that time towards better other purposes. And we've seen many benefits that um, our agents are able to uh, gain from this kind of a system. Yeah, so Andre, you guys are vetting the carriers and bringing that all together, and I just plug in and can bring in my customers and, and make some money, right? Absolutely. So when agents come on board or any customers that want to get set up with us, um, it's a quick upload of data into the system. The system sorts that data out, creates all the accounts, the profiles. We make sure everything's working properly, and then you're off to go. No, no holdbacks, and everything's just ready, available, and everything's working flawlessly. Hey, we're going to see the uh, the Veristar team over in Arkansas next week? That's the plan. That's what we're hoping on. Uh, we have a few guys that are going to be on board, myself being in Canada. I'm not sure how I'm going to make it, especially with the border restrictions, which are slowly shifting. Mm. But uh, that's our goal, for sure. Just get in the trunk. You can make it across the Ambassador Bridge, and you're good. <laughs> no big deal. Well, we'll He's say good. hi to your team on your behalf. We'll say hi to your team on your behalf. In the meantime, people want to learn more about the company. Where do we send them to? Yeah, definitely. Uh, If you guys want to find out more about us, uh, just come to our website, varsaralliance.com. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming on the show. Have a great weekend. Thank you. Appreciate it. Take care. Thanks, Andre. Take care. Well, it's Friday. Let's send you home with a little good news, bad news. Let's do it. Hope they're okay. All right. Good news. Your shipment has arrived at the Nespresso <laughs> Warehouse. Well, awesome. Bad news now. Woo-hoo. Let's take a look here. Bad news. Oh, no. Bad news. It was filled. Whoa. According to Reuters. All right. On May 5th, over 500 kilos. Wow. Over 1,000 pounds of Coke. <laughs> estimated to be worth more than 50 million Swiss francs. That's $50.65 million. I didn't know that this franc and the, the USD was so closely aligned, did you? I had no idea. Well, they were found in a container of coffee bags uh, for Nestle's Nespresso factory in Romont in western Switzerland. Um, that's what the uh, can- cantonal police said. They are like, hey, we opened this thing and there's a bunch of... Uh, Coke and their police were informed on Monday night by Nespresso that the staff had found an unidentified white substance when unloading bags <laughs> of coffee beans that had just arrived from Brazil. 
<laughs> they now they wow. analyzed it and said it was cocaine. That explains a lot about those little Nespresso pods, doesn't it? It, it explains a lot. It explains a lot. Have you have you tried the Coca Cola with coffee that they have out now? I have not yet. Have you? Um, so there used to be this place called The Pig, and I don't know if it's still there. It was in Hollywood when I lived out in Hollywood in the okay. early 2000s. Right. And um, they would have Coke with an espresso shot in it. And oh, nice. That's the first time I ever had it there. It was like Diet Coke with an espresso shot. Oh, okay. I have not had like the mass market Coca-Cola version, but I've seen the cans. Diet Coke with espresso shot, yay? Was it, I mean, was it good? I don't know. I was only hungover when I had it. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. So maybe when you're hungover, it's good? I don't know. There's plenty of things. I intentionally that are only don't good. have hangovers for a long time. So. <laughs> yeah, that's a good thing. I gave those up after college myself. Uh, <laughs> I got some good news for you, man. Yeah. There is an open pump at this gas station in Columbus, Ohio. The bad news is this other person's there, too. What? Right. Check this Whoa. out. Whoa. <laughs> Wait, why? So why were they hitting her? I don't know. So they're slamming. They just got damage on her driver's side oh, door there. Dude. She's headed after him. When, when she, when that black car that runs into her tries to get away, you can see it's hooked on there, and the, the tires actually, the wheels spin. Yeah, we run it, that back again. That's got a beat on her. I hope she took. All right, her trunk's still open. Stuff's off. Yeah, she's yes. lost, lost everything see, in her trunk over this. See right there, they spin the tires because they're hooked on the side of that car. Okay, I mean, they nail them hard. What do you do in this situation? Do you, would you give chase here? No. I wouldn't either. People are too I'm stopping. Crazy. I'm trying to memorize that license plate and write it down as soon as possible and calling the cops. That's my only, yeah, my thought is to, to, to grab this thing yeah. in the pocket, my phone, yeah. and just get a video license plate yeah. and then get ignored by the yeah. police. But yeah. hopefully the insurance company would at least. Yeah. And I mean, you know, all, all these, I mean, that looks uh, familiar uh, colors on that pump there. They, they got to have uh, cameras. You would think so. Yeah. You would hope so. And even dumber if that person used a credit card to buy gas themselves. What happened? You think it was the person was coming around to get in there and she slid in in front of them and they got pissed? And I have no reason. I don't know. Her? I, who knows what it could be over? <laughs> like, it's crazy behavior. I'll like, tell you, you what. She had better vertical leap than we did when she jumped up to take down she that trunk. She did, but she didn't get the trunk down. She <laughs> no, she didn't. She missed the dunk, but she was higher than we were. <laughs> All right, good news. You are out with your dog admiring the nice, newly poured concrete road outside your apartment. Bad news. Let's take a look what happened here. Mm. Just hanging out here. Look at that. The road's going to be nice. They finally fixed all these potholes. It's not going to be as noisy outside no, your apartment. It People looks aren't going to get flat. Look at this. This and is here nice. comes this guy rolling down the street. <laughs> Right across the wet concrete, <laughs> leaving trails. And I love the dude with the dog here because he is just like in awe of just this car. This white car rolling by and he just sees the tracks. Uh, now, another car is behind him. That car, and this was surprised me, good on this other car. It didn't follow them well, <laughs> through the tracks. Yeah, I think it may have, though. I don't. Well, he's just waiting right there. He yeah, doesn't but I mean, go. he might have if he not seen those tracks, right? Because he's sure. I mean, it's, it's stiff enough that it leaves his track. I like the way the guy just goes nice and slow so it doesn't splatter anybody with the cement. With the cement, but here's the thing, too. All right, dumb driver in the four-wheeler, but also, is it fair to say dumb construction crew for not putting any sort of signage up? Like, if I come across the road, there's no signage. Yeah, you, you can straight. clearly see they're keeping people from walking on there, but as far as driving, you hey, have at it, right? There's no blockage there going in there at all. I agree uh, with you. Yeah, so I gotta, you know what? I was gonna say it's idiot and four-wheeler, but I gotta say maybe idiot construction crew. Yeah, I agreed. Yeah. Negligence was involved on both parties. <laughs> or malicious intent. I don't know. One of the two. So, hey, here's some good news, my friend. Yeah. You're out for a nice drive around the town in downtown Seattle. Oh, great. And it's really not that bad. It's not even raining that much. Bad news is you take the Union Street exit, and you've never been there before. I and this place that. is notorious for throwing drivers for a loop, man, especially those who don't watch the signs. Check out this video. This is insane. Boom. So off that's right off. So. 
What is, what is going It's like a really short exit to the right, brick walls. So you're coming instantly. out at 45 right into a short ramp to a light, though. That's, yeah, that's exactly right. So that's the right. issue. Why? Yeah. Oh, oh, wow. Yeah, not good. Look at that, look oh at my this guy. I mean, this looks like someone just tossing Hot Wheels and stuff, except from those sparks. Look at this guy. Boom, right into that wall. Oh, now he's beeping at it. Sorry, buddy. Can't beep at the wall. It's not going to move for you. Uh, it, well, it might be his, his dome stuck to the steering wheel. So, look at this guy. Didn't even make it out from underneath the he bridge. He had a sign. <laughs> so, like, now this, like, so on Star Road Drive in Massachusetts, <laughs> there's there's moving vans that get stuck, and they put signs up, but I don't oh, think, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. the signs are serious. You know, like, in a cartoon where you've got to go, like, we mean it. We really mean to turn yeah. back and die. Yeah. Or like when you're diving, they have a Grim Reaper. They have a sign with the Grim Reaper that says, swim here at your own risk, you will die. They need that here at this exit. Take oh, yeah, no, they absolutely at do. At your own risk, you'll die if you yeah. don't slow down. You or are going to else. die. Yeah. What, one of those, maybe, you know, the speed things that flashes your your, your speed? Yeah. Just if you're over speed, you're dead. Done. DOA. Now, could they put, <laughs> could they put speed bumps there? Uh, rumble strips, at least, maybe. So one of the worst, think? one of the worst entrances, and it's kind of the opposite because it sends you out blind onto the freeway instead of sending you like into traffic Ooh. blind, is uh, on ninety three in Boston, right by JFK UMass. If you're going, um, okay. if you're going southbound towards the Cape, mm-hmm. you go up there right by the station. You're just like a blind wall, and then you just have to like gun it and pray and, and just, just hope that there's not an, a semi or anything there to kill you. You just gotta hammer down and merge. Th- you know those kind of ones, right? <laughs> you just, just gotta, gotta uh, go for it and merge. Just gotta, uh, Last time I was driving in Boston was after the big dig. First time I was there after the big dig and uh, trying to use GPS doesn't work because it doesn't Yo, know yeah, if you're doesn't. doesn't know if you're on yeah. surface or under the Don't road. Even try it. Yeah, it didn't work. Not at even all. once. Yeah, no. All right, good news. The Hypertruck ERX test ride and Hillian Hylion Q and A with Thomas Healy. Is coming up next. Let's take a look here. Hell yeah. Nice. That's going to roll right after the show. If you can't stick around, you can always watch it on demand, backthetruckup.com, backthetruckup.com's YouTube. But it was a, it was a really good time. Um, yeah, I'll you tell you all about at the beginning time. of that show. The other thing that is coming up, we've mentioned a number of times on this show, Roger Center future of supply chain it kicks off at 9 a.m on may 9th although it actually kicks off on may 8th there's a lot of parties going on oh yeah that first night i think there's like a rooftop top golf that someone's throwing yeah that's right. Things, right it kicks off at 8 a or 4 a.m in the morning for me driving to the airport it does it kicks <laughs> off at 4 a.m so i don't know party how active starts. i will be out on uh, sunday night i, I am um i'll be out there ninny. You I'll be out there swinging the clubs, man. I'll keep the room warm. I'll keep it nice and farted and uh, a nice halo scent in there. I'll, I'll really stench it up for you. I'm bringing my incense, my friend. Yeah. Uh, I forgot to flush. I'll be that guy. I'm be just that. kidding. Just kidding. Uh, but it's going to kick off. we got Asia Hutchinson, right? Governor of the state of Arkansas. Right. He's going to be doing a keynote. There's a big fireside chat with Andrew Leto and uh, George Abernathy, you just saw on this show. But what oh, I'm yeah. really excited about, no offense to those guys, but Billy Bean, Billy Bean, Moneyball, talking to Craig were... Fuller. Yeah, the subject the subject of the book by uh, Lewis, right? Mm-hmm. Moneyball, yeah, that's really going to be good. One. And Shelly Simpson, keynote. Big big one out of her. I'm a big fan. Joe, you saw Joe on here. You sang the inflation song. Odd Lots is going to be on the main stage during their podcast. You asked me what the truck should be on that main stage, too. <laughs> Maybe at F3. Maybe Planners. Maybe. I hear the audience saying yes. That's right. They said yeah. 
They said, yeah, all right. Yeah. Main, there we go. F3 main stage. Watch the truck coming at you. Uh, we'll be streaming the main stage, tv.freightwaves.com, Monday and Tuesday, and all of the uh, live stage stuff, too. We'll be out during the week, and obviously on social media. We're going to be blasting you with all sorts of content. So find me at Timothy Dooner, D-O-O-N-E-R. Find him at Vincent the Dude. Don't be a stranger, especially if you see us at the event, and tell him how to be. Peace and love. Spread it everywhere.